My name is Dean Proctor, and welcome to today's episode of the What Is This? podcast. In late 2019, I came into possession of several thousand 45 RPM records from the 1950s to 1980s. In excitedly pulling them from the boxes to examine them, and having been a music fan for my whole life, many of these artists and their records were familiar to me. At other times, though, I found myself, after putting one on a record player, asking, what is this? This podcast, focusing on rare records and odd audio from my own collection, complete with their pops, crackles, and Q-burn intact, is an attempt to answer that question. What is this? in Canada in 1967, you heard that song a lot. Bobby Jimby recorded it as the official Canadian centennial song, as well as a celebration of Expo 67 in Montreal that same year. Well, Canada celebrates our 153rd birthday this week on July 1st. And so on this episode of the What Is This podcast, I've pulled some Canadian content out of my record collection. Canada has contributed more than our share of incredible musical talent with the world. In episode number eight, we mentioned a number of those artists. It was an episode called The Six Degrees of Ronnie Hawkins. We talked about Crowbar and The Band and Jack Scott and The Dukes and The Bluesman Review and Lighthouse and so many more. And when you consider Canadian music names like Paul Anka and Gordon Lightfoot, they leap to mind. Anne Murray, Neil Young, and Joni Mitchell, too. The Stampeders, Edward Bear, April Wine, so many more. But here in episode number 18, we're going to hear from a number of lesser-known Canadian artists, as well as some who became huge artists and some others who, well, arguably should have. We're going to start with the Canadian Quartet. They got their start in Toronto. But they were soon a big hit in New York City, and not long after that, signed to Mercury Records. They placed 16 hit records on the Billboard charts, including this one that was top five in 1957. Little Darlin' was originally recorded by a group called the Gladiolas. It was written by Morris Williams from Morris Williams and the Zodiacs, whose biggest hit was Stay Just a Little Bit Longer. Did you know that Canada also had its own version of Brenda Lee? Her name was Pat Hervey. 
She was discovered by Toronto DJ Al Boliska from 1050 Chum Radio and became a regular on numerous CBC television shows. She traveled to Nashville and in 1962, under the direction of no less than Chet Atkins, recorded her first hit song. Mr. Harnick took me out tonight And we took you in all the lonely spots in town Since you left me, Mr. Harnick Has it good enough to show me all around Mr. Harnick keeps me company And I tell him things I'd like to say to you Mr. Harnick, in my new day Ever since the day you told me Mr. Heartache was released in Canada on the Chateau label. It was a number four hit for Pat Hervey that year. And 1962 was also the year that a Canadian country rockabilly singer, songwriter, and guitarist who was born in New Brunswick scored a hit with this one. Money back, money back, a guarantee. Shopping around and couldn't find what I was looking for And Mr. Cupid opened up, now I don't have to shop around no more A money back, a money back, a guarantee He's Canadian Max Falcon he started his first band in Toronto in 1959, and that led to an audition down in Nashville in 1961. After he toured North America extensively, he was on many TV shows across the continent, and for a while he and his house band were part of the Peppermint Lounge. Money Back Guarantee was released in Canada on the Berry label, and it's one of only a handful of releases by Max Falcon. Clovis, New Mexico was the home of Norman Petty Recording Studios, which not only was the place that Buddy Holly and the Crickets recorded numerous hits, it was also where Jimmy Gilmer and the Fireballs, who had a hit with the song Sugar Shack, were virtually the house band. Now, what does that have to do with Canada? Well, enter Canadian Barry Allen. I'm gonna start a little private club It'll be exclusively all the boys you hurt like you did me I'll charge admission yeah but it won't be bad no just a penny a teardrop for all the boys you made sad that's Barry Allen on Capitol Records released 72306 that wasn't a hit song for him, but one came out the same year called Love Drops that was. And although hit songs escaped Barry Allen from that point on, he continued to record and sing right up to his death at the age of 74 in April of this year. And speaking of the musical influences of Buddy Holly, that takes us to Canada's capital city of Ottawa and a band called The Esquires. And at their peak, the Esquires were a huge act around the nation's capital. They toured with and opened for acts like the Beach Boys and Roy Orbison, Dave Clark Five, and the Rolling Stones. And in 1965, after having signed with Capitol Records, the Esquires recorded this song, which was written by Buddy Holly and Bob Montgomery. It's called Love's Made a Fool of You. You know love makes fools of me. Yeah. 
That song was a top 20 record in Canada. And after the Esquires broke up around 1967, band members continued their music careers in numerous bands that included the Staccatos, who would later be known as the Five Man Electrical Band. Students of Canadian music will be familiar with the name Dominic Troiano. Troiano had a reasonably successful solo career after a stint with the Guess Who, but before that, he was a founding member of the Canadian group known as the Mandala. In the 1967 year, on the way to Canada, back from a road trip to California, the Mandala stopped in Chicago at the studios of Chess Records, and they laid down this Dominic Triano creation. was called Opportunity, and it was just one of the songs that would comprise an electric and dynamic stage show that was described as bleached soul groove. Later hit songs included one called Love Itis, and the Mandala played their final gig New Year's Day 1969 at the Hawk's Nest in Toronto, a club owned by Ronnie Hawkins. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. I'd like to That Coca-Cola commercial came out in two versions in 1972. That one is sung by the Canadians, the Lori Bauer Singers. And the other version was a more electric take that was done by Canadian band Dr. Music, who had a big hit with the song called Sun Goes By. It was in 1971 that things drastically changed for the Canadian music scene. That was the year the Maple music classification system was introduced. And this was legislation that made the inclusion of Canadian content by Canadian broadcasters the law. So for AM radio, for example, it meant that 30% of the music aired had to be Canadian, meaning under the Maple Law, the song needed to have music written by a Canadian, that's M, or the artist had to be Canadian, A, the producer was Canadian, P, or the lyrics were written by a Canadian, L, M-A-P-L, Maple, and one out of four of those categories was sufficient for a song to be considered Canadian content, or CanCon. So what makes My Way by Frank Sinatra considered a CanCon song? Well, the lyrics were written by Paul Anka. And how about Elvis's recording of Until It's Time For You To Go? That's CanCon too. It was written by Buffy St. Marie. 
Well, we're going to wrap up this Canada Day episode with one group that didn't just benefit from the new CanCon law, they capitalized on it. They were an Oshawa, Ontario band called Wednesday, and they made their name covering American songs that were previously hits, but now would get new airplay as Canadian recordings. One such song was their version of the Mark Dinning teenage car accident song called Teen Angel. We pulled him out and he was safe, but he went running back. Teen Angel, can you hear us? Teen Angel, can you see us? Are you somewhere up above? He's on his way, your own true love. And that worked well for them because of the song that they had recorded just before it. It too was a teenage death song, this one done by Frank, J. Frank Wilson and the Cavaliers. It was released in late 1973. Last Kiss was a number two song in the year 1974. As I said at the start of the episode, Canada has very many good reasons to be proud of our musical exports and our national stars, and this episode has been intended just to celebrate and promote some of that history. Just before I finish this episode, I again want to express thanks to those that have subscribed, commented, and shared links to the podcast. Your encouragement and your support of this project has been very much appreciated. And if you haven't yet liked, shared, or left a review wherever you're accessing this podcast from, would you please take the time today to do so and help spread the word? And so until the next episode, thanks for listening, and happy Canada Day. What Is This is a podcast focusing on rare records and odd audio from my own collection of 45 RPM records. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with your own social media circles and encouraging others to subscribe. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode, or any episode for that matter, email me at deanproctor at gmail.com. That's Dean with an E. And until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>